to the first episode of Love and Mortgage. I'm your host, Charlie Shammy, CEO of Sonic Loans, a multi-state mortgage lender located in Michigan. And this is our co-host and my lovely wife and our COO of Sonic Loans, D. Shammy. Today we have a special guest with us. We have, uh, you want to introduce yourself, from Appraisal House. We have the one and only legendary. My name is Mahdi Saub. I'm a certified residential appraiser in Michigan. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you for Thank having you for coming. Uh, Mahdi and I were talking on a uh, recent appraisal that was completed. I asked him to join us on this so we can provide whatever value we can to viewers, whether you're a loan officer, whether you're somebody looking to buy a house, whether you're a real estate agent, just a different take on uh, the appraisal's involvement or the appraiser's involvement in uh, the transaction and how you know what the, what their part is and what you guys do on your end. So I'm going to start with the mortgage side first then talk about the origination side, then talk about the processing side of appraisals, and then we'll ask you some very fun questions. Uh, so whenever you're buying a house or refinancing, but let's talk more about buying a house. One of the, th the first things we do once you get the contract is order an appraisal. Every house needs an appraisal. If you're putting a certain amount down and you have a good enough credit score, then you can avoid the appraisal if the, the automated valuation uh, gives us that, the dollar amount that you need. But the appraisal, I believe, is critical. Some people, even with uh, appraisal waiver, will still opt in to get an appraisal done because you're spending a lot of money, you're investing a lot of money on this house, and you want to know what the value is uh, for it. So there's a couple parts to it. The appraisal has, depending on the appraisal type, you have, of course, the value. The value always comes in no matter what product type you're on. You want to make sure the value is at or above the purchase price. Um, if you're doing an appraisal guarantee, that would mean even if it were to come below the purchase price, you would pay the difference out of your own pocket. Um, and so that value piece is critical. The next part is the condition of the home. So now this depends on the product type. If you're doing a government loan, which all loans, in my opinion, are government, but when we say government products, we're talking FHA, uh, VA, and USDA. If you're doing a government product, the condition is really, really important. They want to look for you know, missing handrails on stairs, chipped or peeling paint, uh, anything like that they'll look for. And Mahdi will tell us exactly how that goes. Uh, on a conventional product, it's a lot more lenient. Uh, you can have missing appliances. You can have things going on with the house. And as long as the house is appraised as is, we're fine. We can use that uh, appraisal. So we'll, on the origination side, we'll see what product type we have, what type of property it is, and then we'll order the appraisal through there. Uh, once the loan gets into underwriting, actually, we'll, we'll talk to Mahdi first and then talk about what processing has to deal with there. But Mahdi, wh what do you do when you get an appraisal order? What's the first thing you guys do? Um, the first thing we do would be to schedule the appraisal inspection where we come out to the house and um, measure the house, take photos, see the condition, take notes of any um, anything that's wrong with the house, anything that can go against safety or health issues. Um, and then from there, once we gather the data, we go back to the office and do research on the market area to see how this house compares to the market and um, as well as how much how, how much this house would cost to build yeah. with the current replacement cost. the replacement cost. So from there... Um, well, th let's pause there because I have a couple questions there. Yeah. I think uh, people need to know this part of just scheduling the appraisal sometimes is challenging. You'll get questions like, um, 
you, the listing agent will schedule it. We we recently had this happen with a client. The listing agent would schedule the showing the appraisal and then won't go to the house or tell anybody else uh, that they need to be there or won't make sure that the keys are in the lockbox for the appraiser to access the house. The appraiser actually physically goes to the house. They open the door, walk in the house, and they have to get a picture for underwriting of every single room in that house. If a room is locked, the door is locked, what, what, they can't get a picture of it. So uh, that part, I think, is really important for people to know. Oh, yeah. And if, if a room is locked, last week I had a room that was locked because the daughter was away for college and they didn't have the key. Um, unfortunately, they have to pay again for the appraiser to come back out and just, just for that one room. Yeah. A trip fee. Trip a trip fee. fee. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love explaining a trip fee to somebody. Like, to, on, on, from my perspective, um, that's, that's, I don't think that's the fault of the buyer, the borrower, the person getting, buying the house, but that trip fee comes back on, on the, the, buyer, the, yeah. the buyer. So yeah. uh, I think that's unfair. It should go on whoever scheduled it or the seller of the home, but uh, we don't make the rules. That's just how they were. The industry standards, yeah. I think. A lot, of the, a lot of the appraisal standards are pretty outdated, yeah. not thought through. But. So you have to go through, you go through every room, um, yeah. Take note of the condition, take pictures of every room, measure the house, which I think a lot of people don't know you do that. Uh, yeah, we measure it um, to the inch under ANSI standards. So that started in April of 2022. So a lot of the people, uh, well, the assessor's office on every city has a square footage of the house, um, but they don't measure the house under ANSI standards. They, so say a bungalow where you have a first floor and then part of the upstairs. What a city, city of Dearborn would do, for example, they would take the first floor and multiply that by 1.5. They don't actually go up t oh, upstairs. Wow. They don't, wow. Yeah, they don't go upstairs to the, to the upstairs and, start, and actually measure it. An appraiser does, so when there's a discrepancy between public records and the appraiser, people blame the appraiser, but really we're actually going into the house and measuring it by the it inch. It makes so much sense. Yeah. People yeah. always blame the appraiser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The appraiser is just there to state the facts. Yeah. They're not there. Yeah. We're discovering the value. We don't make these numbers up yeah. out of nowhere. It's all we're doing is doing data research and just telling you the truth. We don't, we don't care if it comes higher. We don't care if it comes lower. All we're hired to do is yeah. to tell you the truth and what's actually going on. There's reality and then there's what you think is reality that's why that's why it's so important um to have a third party yeah. appraiser involved because the appraiser has no horse in the race the appraiser is getting paid for services rendered they're going out to the house taking pictures noting everything measuring everything looking at comparable homes and giving a value yeah. your real estate agent the listing agent the loan officer everybody else has a a, a, a horse in the race for that value to come in but I think it's really important for somebody to know the actual true value of a home. So that's where for you sure come in. you don't ever want to purchase a house going underwater. So it's, I think yeah. it's very important to have an appraisal done. Yeah, yeah the yeah. whole point of an appraisal, the appraisal industry, is to build public trust in real estate because, just like you said, the loan officer makes commission off the price of the house. The real estate agents. Oh, sorry, I'll stop you there. The personal loan. The loan amount. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. The loan amount. <laughs> Edit it out. <laughs> Edit it out. <laughs> no, but that's good to know. Yeah. I think a lot of people think the loan yeah. officer. It doesn't. Sorry. Like, yeah. I meant buying a house for five hundred thousand. Yeah. It's the loan, the loan amount. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, the real estate agent makes off the prices of the house. Yeah. Um, both the listing of them. Agent. The listing agents. 
Title company. Title company. Oh, the yeah, title company. The premium is, a... is based off of actually. Oh, I didn't know that. The loan amount, uh, but there is one policy that's based on the purchase price. Appraisers usually go off the same fee. Um, sometimes, if if it's a complex property, say, fifty-eight acre house that's eight thousand square feet, then you, your fee goes based on the complexity of the pro property. A lot of measuring. Not, a lot of measuring. <laughs> a lot of time. That's why they charge yeah. more. Um, but it doesn't go off the price of the house. It can be a $10 million house. You'll still get charged the same as a $1 million house. Yeah. So. Can you explain to us why comparables are so important? Well, in real estate, that's how you, that's how banks um, measure the value of the houses based off of how much is this house worth in that neighborhood. And it has to be within a certain time frame. I like to stay within three to six months of the sale date. So if it's today is October, the furthest I'd go back would be probably April of 2023. Yeah. Um, and then you also don't want to um, say your house is a thousand square feet. You don't want to compare that to your neighbor who's 1800 square feet. You want to stay within 20% of the square footage of your house. So 1200 would be the max and 800 would be the minimum. I didn't even, I don't know that. Yeah. So because once, once you start passing those thresholds, then you start stretching value and um and it just kind of skews the numbers in the in the market so you want to you want to find a house under a mile hopefully under a half mile if you can find something and um within 20 percent of the gla the gross living area of the house yeah that's that's important i didn't even know that the 20 percent uh was the thing was it's the not a concrete rule but that's a, yeah, that's the rule of thumb we kind of like to go off of and um as well as other factors, there's a lot of factors. There's brick versus vinyl exterior, yeah. the updates in the house. If somebody has hardwood in the house and then somebody has 1970 carpet, it costs a lot to put hardwood yeah. in the house versus, so you take, take notes of that. If you have an updated kitchen, that makes a big value difference. The lighting in the house is a big, I think is one of the most important things. Because really? I, because, um, yeah, the ambiance of the house, you can have, two outdated houses, one with good lighting, good recessed lighting, and then one without good recessed lighting. You just have the middle um, fixture in the middle. Yeah, yeah. In, in most people's eyes, it just makes the house look brighter and, and nicer, and it, it's a cheap fix to, to bring yeah, the value up. Yeah, the charge up. for recessed lighting, I think the going rate right now is between 50 and 75 per light. Per light, yeah. So if you have you know 10 lights, that's 350, or 500 to 750 to change those, not that. Yeah. All right, let's go renovate. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I was always under the impression where, yeah, updates did matter, but it was more if you added square footage to the house. Where... That also matters, too. Yeah. Um, but updates make a big difference. Some, some neighborhoods, in a lot of Detroit neighborhoods, you can have an outdated house sell for $60,000 and then a renovated house sell for $160,000 where that renovation only costed $20,000. Yeah. So yeah. there's a big jump in value. Um, because people, uh, and I see this the most on my side, when people are, are typically getting into a house, mm -hmm. most of the time, they, you know, they're, they're, uh, they have enough for their down payment, their closing costs, whatever they have to pay at closing. Yeah. They don't have a lot left over to renovate a house. We're talking about mostly people that are, especially first time home buyers yeah. that are going from renting a house and now they're going to buy a house and their payment is roughly the same, but that down payment part they had to save up for mm -hmm. So when you're selling, I, I believe people who renovate houses, 
bring a tremendous amount of value to the marketplace because a family can just move right in. Of course, so, and it's a, it's a tough job to renovate a house, yeah. to have those connections of the plumber, the flooring guy, the yeah. paint guy. The, so people will pay for convenience just to have it already done. And the time it takes, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Takes, yeah. I, I renovated my house, it took three months. So not everybody has that kind yeah. of time. But the good thing is if somebody does purchase a house and it's not fully updated, they can update it as they go and they can always refinance, get an appraisal done and yeah. add value to their home. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need a house that's fully updated and renovated, but I'm talking like a house that is not livable. Yeah. yeah. If somebody is going and buying that house and making it a nice livable home, uh, I believe they're bringing a tremendous amount of value and uh, money, I also believe, also always follows value. So uh, I think it's good for people to do that and and that's great to know that you can have two houses, probably not right next door, but close enough to each other yeah. with a, a big variance and uh, difference in the value of the house or the price of the house based on the condition. Um, uh, uh, another part to it where I see is, is very common, and I understand why. In, the, in something called the MLS, which is what real estate agents look at for uh, properties that are on the market, when you list a house, it goes on the multiple listing service. Uh, part uh, uh, A piece of it says, or like in the corner, it says what the price per square foot is. And um, I always hear the value of, okay, if it's a 1,000 square feet, this, you know, $100 per square foot, okay, the value is this much on this house, that's 1,800 square feet. Do you ever go by price per square foot? Is that how you value houses? No, never. So there's so many factors in real it's estate. Irrelevant, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's so many different factors in real estate that you you cannot base it off one. That would, I wouldn't have a job yeah. if if that was the case. Yeah, you, you just, can just look oh, at just multiply the square footage by the square price per square foot, yeah. and that's it. But there's a hundred different um, different criteria that we look at, and every house is different. Real estate, so that's why. I don't think appraisals can be automated or AI generated because it's so specific. And every house is so different. You can't make a computer learn, and then you have a different neighborhood that varies from this neighborhood and different school districts. And there's so many different factors. Yeah. So it, like a, a big part of it, we'll get to the adjustments in a second. But a big part of it is the condition of the home, and then being able to compare that home to other houses within, in in the area that sold, uh, because you have to be within whatever the comparable market analysis, whatever sold that's similar to that house, your price has to be kind of in that range. So. If I go and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this the, the, the condition of this house uh, second to none. I'm going to buy all of the gold toilets off Master P, the rapper, if anybody young yeah. enough doesn't know. I'm going to buy his toilets. I'm going to buy his faucets, all the gold that he had, and put it in this house. I'm going to spend $500,000 in gold updates on this house. Uh, does that mean the value of the house is going to increase by $500,000? No. So... There's something called an over-improvement in, in real estate where just because you spent $100,000 on, on this renovation doesn't mean you're going to get the value of $100,000. The, the market doesn't reflect the dollar amount that you put yeah. in. It's not. It, it could give you more and it could give you less. It just depends on how the market reacts to that certain thing. If you're spending $20,000 on a basement bathroom, I'm going to tell you right now you lost money on that on that investment because nobody's going to pay an extra $20,000 for a basement bathroom because it gives less value than an upstairs below bathroom. Ground below above below ground. ground versus above ground because the, the square footage doesn't count below ground. 
in real but estate. But it will count as a bathroom, right? You It'll count as a below-ground bathroom. So it's a different part within a, an appraisal that receives less value than a normal above-ground bathroom would. Okay. So, um, but I mean, that's good to know because yeah. I always thought bathrooms, wherever bathrooms they were, bathroom. yeah. Yeah, that's what we, before I got into appraisals, I, I thought the same way, but it's just the market doesn't react to that. So all we're doing is is reflecting what the market reflects. And um, what we see often is that basement renovations don't give you the same return as an upstairs renovation. So what about if I took that same concept of spending $500,000 on gold toilets and faucets and all this gold in the house? Uh, And I'm just exaggerating a little to give an example, but I did it in a neighborhood where all of the recent sales had gold faucets and toilets and, you know, all gold in the house. Now, is it is it going to bring me a good amount of value now? Yeah, it'll give you what the value of the of the comparable sales in that na- neighborhood would give you. So if if homeowners or home buyers expect a gold toilet in the house in that neighborhood and you don't have one, then you'll get a lot less yeah. because because you're not up to par with with the neighbors. So it's not it's a, if it's a typical um, expected feature in the house then you should have it as well if it's not if it's if you're the only one with a gold toilet and you're saying I'm not taking less than 1.5 million and the highest comparable sale in the in the neighborhood is 1.2 million you lost you either you either lost or you have to sell it to one specific person who loves gold toilets and that's going to be hard to find yeah master p i'm using it as an example because there are areas where people won't buy a house if unless the basement is finished Mm -hmm. and it has a kitchen completed and the comparable houses have that so it's a below ground up upgrade but you're not selling the house without doing that so uh, that is something that you would do but you want to look at what's in the area and this is a great question for your real estate agent what's in the area what are some improvements that are being done or that i should do and this is kind of what i'm budgeting for my improvements do you think this is uh, uh, something that's that's wise if you're going to do change the house if it's going to be a one-off then an appraiser is going to have a very hard time finding a comparable home that's similar to that house so if you make too many changes too many custom changes it may actually be a bad thing you also always want to look at the neighborhood that you're in so i want to talk about something in the report um, in the appraisal report that we see often where it's called adjustments Uh, so you'll take you know uh, uh, condition of the house for example uh, if the house has a balcony, if the house has a deck, if the house has a whatever, and uh, there'll be adjustments there. And sometimes I'll see these adjustments be plus or minus $15,000. So it'll throw it off uh, a lot or yeah. throw your price off a lot. And that's those adjustments are how you get the value, right? Yeah. So what we do with each adjustment to come up with those, and, and each adjustment is different for each house. So if I'm doing a 1,000-square-foot house in Dearborn Heights, versus a 3,000 square foot house in Detroit, the adjustments for the condition would be different based on that market. So what we do is a paired sales analysis where you take two comps, one outdated, for example, this is a condition adjustment. For example, so you take an outdated house that's 1,000 square feet and then you take an updated house that's 1,000 square feet, same size garage, same patio, same porch, same brick on the exterior, and then you find what the difference in price between those houses are. If it's $30,000 between an updated 1,000 square foot house and an outdated 1,000 square foot house, then the adjustment for condition would be $30,000. Wow. 
Wow. So, and you have to do that for each line. So kitchen, bathroom, each feature. Deck, how much garage, is, exactly. everything. How much is a two-car garage versus a one-car garage? Or, wow. or a two-car garage versus a zero garage? You know what the funniest thing I get? Uh, funniest uh, question I get is you'll have an appraisal scheduled, um, let's say, Wednesday at noon. And uh, Wednesday at 1230, the agents will call me and say, hey, is the report back yet? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just seen the house. Look at all the stuff you have to do after. What's even funnier is while I'm at the house, they'll be like, okay, how much is it worth? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I tell them no if, if I could do it that fast, I'd be a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go and if you if you ever ever looked at an appraisal report, which you can probably Google one and just see how they look. Uh, I don't know what is it, fifteen to twenty different items on there in that section. It's small, so look, I think there's each. Time. Sometimes there's more because we we can add sections uh, features depending. Like if this house has a shed, that's a new section. Okay. Now, so you just add sections and. And they have to make these adjustments, comparing them to the other houses for not only that house, but every house, right? Yeah, you get a general adjustment for the market, and then you apply it to the rest of the of the comparables within the report. So, uh, How many comparables do you look for? My general rule, well, it's as many as it takes to come up with the value, but I find that four, uh, four comparables and one active listing usually usually is the yeah. best yeah so that's going to tell you what the market is that way you're proving yourself also. over and over again it's not yeah. just two comparables or three comparables you have an additional fourth comparable and where the market is going with the listing because the listing is not closed yet it's not a closed sale so yeah. you could you can foresee the next couple months with that listing yeah i have a question for myself yeah what if <laughs> a house hasn't sold in the past year Ooh. if there's no comparables mm-hmm then you have to expand the parameters. You have to go further. How far can you go? As long as it takes, okay. as far as it takes. I've well, you gone, have to explain that. You have like to explain why. that there's no comparables um, within the market that sold within the past month, or I mean, sorry, year. Um, and I've gone as far as 20 miles in, oh. in farmland. You have yeah, to, yeah. you know. Typically it's what, half a mile? I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Typically it's half a mile, right? Uh, the rule is one mile, mm -hmm. but I like to stay within a half a mile. And I even, I wish I could show you a map. I even um, cut it down to just the neighborhood of the house. Okay. So it, so the way the, the maps work when you're looking for a mile, it's a circle radius that goes like yeah. this. So then you're, you're bringing in other neighborhoods that aren't really comparable. So Sometimes other cities. Other city, you can... You can filter the cities and the school district and all that, but even within the same city, some neighborhoods within a city we know that sell for higher than other neighborhoods because of the land. Th those houses have like bigger lots or a specific school that those houses go to. There's different f factors that go into it. So I like to stay within that neighborhood if possible, that yeah. specific pocket. You, you, of the sometimes you cross the street and it's a completely different area. Yeah. Completely yeah. different demand on the area. So it's yeah. good. What was your what question? I'm hearing, I have another question now. So from what I'm hearing, is the school district also plays a part in value? Of course. Yeah. And then we use school rankings to come up with adjustments for, for that. Oh, wow. if, if, I didn't even know that. Wow. If yeah. we have to. Most of the time we just stay within the same school district. Yeah. But sometimes you have to expand to another school district. And then there's we have resources that give us rankings of school districts and specific schools. And from that, we come up with adjustments to, to adjust the school district. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you go outside of that mile, half mile, whatever radius you're looking at, and you can't find comparables, and you have to go outside of that, 
you're yeah. com- you're really comparing it. Uh, you're being fair because you're comparing just about everything. Everything, every little detail that has to go into an appraisal. That's great. Appraisal That's great. So fair value. So you take about I don't know what does it take to come up with the entire report and submit it. A, a Each week, a few days. It, I say after the inspection happens, I say between two and three business days. Yeah to get the report back. And you'll get the report complete and then submit it. You'll submit it, the, the appraiser submits it to, because uh, we don't hire appraisal directly. A lender will go through an appraisal management company. The appraisal management company will assign the report to an appraiser. It's done at random a lot of times, so you don't know which appraiser you're gonna get. And then when the appraiser submits it, it'll go to the appraisal management company who has a QC team, a quality control team, that'll check to make sure everything is up to their standards and then submits it to the lender. Once it goes to the lender, it'll go to somebody called a collateral underwriter. This person or uh, that works for the lender, that's all they do is review appraisals, and they review appraisals to make sure they're in accordance with the guidelines for whatever program you're on, whether it's conventional, FHA, USDA, VA, whatever program you're on, they'll make sure it's, it conforms to those guidelines. Sometimes you'll get pushback, sometimes you won't. If you get pushback, but once it clears, so the value is one thing, Everything else is another thing. Sometimes you'll get conditions on the appraisal, like I had one where, uh, what's a recent condition we got on appraisal? Uh, uh, gas line to cap it. Capping a gas line, so for example. Or I had one recently Chip where, paint on uh, you know, safety is a big deal with whatever program you're on. So I had somebody who had a water heater and had a bunch of clothing on the water heater, which is a fire hazard because the water heater is heating water. So there's a, you know, it's, that's that's job is to heat things and you're putting flammable material on it. So even though it's just moving those that stuff, there was a condition. It didn't conform to the standards because of safety. Uh, so that had to get removed. And when that happens, what do you, what, what do we do, D? I have to talk to the listing agent <laughs> and I have to, you know, make sure everybody's on board. Um, the buyers sometimes don't like that they have to pay another trip fee, yeah. but um, unfortunately they have to because the appraiser has to take time out to get that done, um, they have to get it solved. So the appraiser to, goes back to, out. They have, have to, to pay for it. Yeah, uh, you have to order it, pay, get it paid for, get it assigned. Somebody else has to go back out there and just cost their fingers that. An appraisal that's called a final inspection. It's final inspection. That, that they do. So uh, typically it costs 150 or $200 yeah. depending. Uh, and then you'll get that order, right? Yeah. Or they'll send it to you? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's sent on a rent. If it's the same appraiser, if they're in town, then it's the same appraiser that came out originally. But I've done re-inspections for other appraisers yeah. that are on vacation or just to get the loan closed. They try to get the same appraiser because they already know, they already know what's parties going on. involved yeah. and how to communicate and they could just go right there and yeah. uh, take a picture of it, make sure it's, it's ready and then... Yeah, they make sure it's done in a workmanlike manner, just done correctly. Yeah. So, so something I want to drive home it's it's I know a lot of people get annoyed of the final inspection and it can delay a couple of things but everybody gets mad at the loan officer the appraiser the listing agent the buyer's agent whoever in the process and I know it's frustrating but at the same time we have to look at it in a perspective where the lender is lending money they want to make sure that nothing is going to happen to the house I know that they can get their money back um, but they don't want to foreclose they don't want a house to burn down they don't want problems with the house and if you look at it, they're they're helping you guys out too. They want to make sure that you're moving into the house and the house is up to date or there's nothing wrong with it or everything is taken care of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of the times when I call for a reinspection, say, on chipping paint on the garage, 
the owner thanks me. Said, I wish I, I wish I did this a long time ago because they put it off and yeah. until somebody tells them to do it. Chip paint, so. chip paint. A lot of people don't know because most of the people probably watching this, and I think everybody in this room, there's people behind the camera, uh, but I think everybody in this room is born after 1978. Yeah. So prior to 1978, the way they would make paint is they would mix some uh, uh, a, a material called lead in it. Uh, and all of the paint before 1978 had, was lead-based. So now I think it's more water-based, or they probably have some other chemicals in there, but it was lead-based. And what would happen is they'll paint, people will paint their houses, and if you've ever seen a house where the paint is chipping, it'll chip off, and kids will grab that paint and eat it. And it's poisonous. It'll kill them. Mm -hmm. So Congress passed a law banning lead-based paint. All of the mortgage programs, the reason I joked earlier and said they're all government uh, programs is because they're all either government-sponsored or backed. That's where, or not non-QM, but most of them come from there. So you have to, the, the law is there for a reason. It's there for safety. It's there to not nice. kill people. Uh, so uh, if a house was built before 1978, whatever product you're on, if there's chipped paint, you're going to have to repaint it or fix it because it's it, literally a, a weapon that it can kill people. Yep. So that has to be repaired. We get that a lot. We'll see that a lot, whether it, and it doesn't matter if it's inside the house, outside the house, inside the garage, outside the garage, wherever it is, it has to be remedied. So. Yeah, this is mainly on FHA mm -hmm. loans. Yeah. There's other safety issues that, like handrails, any staircase yeah. that's above 18 inches have to have a handrail on at least one side of the handrail. The hot water heater has something called a pressure release valve. It's the, the pipe on the side of the hot water heater that if it overflows, instead of going everywhere, it just goes to the drain on the bottom. Yeah. That's another thing to look, up, to look out for. Outside. The cement outside, if it's a trip hazard, if it's above two inches, um, that's a trip hazard. That's good to know, two inches. So you can actually measure your driveway or wherever if you see it, like once, uh, you know, where it's not leveled, mm -hmm. you can measure and see, is it more than two inches? Then you try, probably shouldn't, if you're selling a house or you're a listing agent, probably shouldn't accept an FHA offer on that. And you could tell them why, hey, this is more than two inches. It's the middle of the winter, we're not fixing this. So I need a conventional yeah. uh, product on that. So. There's missing smoke detectors. Um, there's a bunch of different different um, safety issues that can come up. Yeah. Not as common on conventional products. No. What do you see? What are some things? Conventional would, would be like um, something detrimental, like a leak in the ceiling, an active leak in the ceiling, or if I smell mold, I'm, I'm going to walk around and try to find the mold. If it's mold around the foundation of the house, if there's a leak coming in from the basement from the rain, these are safety issues that are serious and yeah. even a conventional loan wouldn't, wouldn't pass. So any safety issues that the appraiser feels affects the safety of the homeowner or whoever is buying the home, um, we're going to call it out. Yeah. That's if it's in front of us. If it's hidden behind a wall, if the homeowner does something malicious to, to hide and it happens a lot where they'll put a bunch of boxes over mold in the in the yeah, basement corner. Yeah. There's some funny videos. I've yeah, there's a lot of there's on. a lot of things that that go on. We're obviously not going to move a bunch of boxes to. We're not home inspectors. Yeah. I was going to say if, yeah. appraisal and private inspectors are two different. Yeah, things. I recommend always getting a private inspection yeah. by, a, by a professional because we call out what we see and what's obvious in front of us. They dig for this stuff. So yeah. so it's always you walk through the house. So yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. When we were buying our house, uh, we're, we're doing the private inspection, and the inspector just disappeared. And 
And then I heard his voice. It was, where's his voice coming in from? He was literally oh, in yeah. the walls. <laughs> he was like in the ceiling, in the attic, talking to me through the walls, checking everything with whatever you know technology they have. And that's important to know that some people think, okay, I'm doing an appraisal. They're going to check the, the condition of the house. No, I mean, it's to an extent. It's only if something is obvious and exposed and they could see it. But even then, they're not going to go in and say, okay, here's what's happening. Here's where the leak is. Here's what needs to be fixed. Yeah. That's what an uh, inspector does. So if you were to catch mold and you, you uh, take a picture of it and note it on the appraisal, what the underwriter will ask us for is, D, you've dealt with this. They what do they ask for? They want to make sure that it's being taken care of and it's removed, and they want the appraiser to go back out to the house and provide proof. Yeah, so you would need an inspection done by a professional in that, in that whatever, like a, a professional for that field. So if it's mold, it's a, a somebody that's a professional with mold. If it's foundation, then somebody that's a professional with foundation issues. So they'll have to get it inspected first and then they'll say okay he smelled mold but that really wasn't mold that was just some weird food they were cooking that day um it's fine or uh, the foundation looked like there was water coming out but the kids were having a water balloon fight in the basement or whatever exactly. it's fine or they'll say hey there's actually issues with this and it has to be repaired yep yeah what are some uh other things we run through or run into in underwriting with with appraisals i've seen an underwriter push back before and question the appraiser saying that no this is not the value uh we need another appraiser to go out i've seen that happen before um and most of the time that gets fought like we fight that or the another appraiser goes out and the appraiser wasn't wrong um uh, a missing bedroom a missing bathroom um sometimes they're even under the sometimes this has happened before where they think that there's four bed uh bedrooms but there's really three bedrooms yeah so, I mean, a bunch of things come up, but yeah. everything can be resolved. Unfortunately, all of them do have trip fees. Yeah. Yeah. With with the bedroom <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, not with the bedroom thing. With with the uh, revision. So there's something called a revision or rebuttal. If, say, say um, a house is selling for 280000 the appraiser values it at 250000 and the realtor doesn't agree with that. Oh yeah, I've seen that too. So yeah. they have the power to submit one rebuttal, with and that one rebuttal can consist of three comparable sales, which this happens often, when when uh, when an appraisal comes in low, which what they call it is low, because yeah. because the, the contract <laughs> low compared to because the in, contract because the contract price. doesn't match the value of the appraisal, the appraisal value. Um, so they'll send the comp the three comps, three new comps that they think would be better than the appraiser's comps. This happened to me yesterday, actually. So the appraiser sent me three three comparable sales. One was 2.6 miles the away. Agent, right? the, oh, yeah. yeah. What did I say? The appraiser. Sorry. <laughs> yes, the agent. <laughs> I didn't know. You edited it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the realtor sent me three comps. And the first comp was 2.6 miles away. The second comp was 3.1 miles away. And the third comp was 3.5 miles away. And they were all sold... December of 2022, a year ago, in November of 2022, January of 2023, all over six months. And the comparables within the, within the appraisal were 0.24 miles away, sold in July of 2023, just a couple months ago, yeah. and within the neighborhood. So when they send these through, the underwriters, I don't think, vet the comps. They just send it to the appraiser to vet them. 
and I have to explain that no, these are in a completely different neighborhood, different school district, sold over a year, close to a year ago, and the comparables within the report are much most recent, most yeah, recent yeah. and and better reflect the value of the house that is being sold. So in that case, that would that would be a denial of a rebuttal. But I've had I've had that happen a couple times, and uh, I don't think you even know this, but it actually goes through the the loan officer. Oh, does it? Uh, through the AMC, and we have to. I have to pull up um, details on those transactions that happened before and submit it like the GLA, gross living area, the comparison yeah. and all that and, and submit it. Um, I've never had one that was successful because the, I mean, the first thing I'll do is look at the report, who did the appraisal report. And if it's somebody competent, um, well, you know, you'll have, let me t take a step back. You have somebody who listed the house at a certain price uh, an agent, and then you have somebody who offer uh, like uh, helped a buyer make an offer at that price. So you have two people who are like, okay, this is what we agree is the value. In my heart, no offense, I believe that's the value because that's the market value. Literally, that's what the market is giving a value for the house. But uh, you have to understand part of the appraisal. There's a, there's there's things that they have to conform to, and that would be comparable houses that were sold before. Uh, so you'll get people who are, I don't want to say desperate, but just like, hey, no, we have to fix this, uh, find some comparables, or here are some comparables, and uh, you probably got one where the loan officer didn't look and say, hey, this is 2.6 miles away, or this was sold a year and a half ago, it doesn't apply here. I always look at that. I look at yeah. how far away it is and when it sold, because that's, that's critical. Now, if you have one that's in there, there's no adjustments for condition, and you know it's an old beat up house versus a fully remodeled house. Okay, you could say, hey, that's not a good comparable. Maybe go outside a little more and find something. I'll I'll rewind back. I've heard that argument before. It's the value because the buyer wants to pay that yeah. and the seller wants to pay that. Technically, okay, but in this market, when <laughs> when there's a shortage of inventory, the buy these buyers they really don't know what the value is. If I tell you my Nikes are worth $10,000 and then I find some desperate guy who, who has a lot of money who wants these shoes. Does, does it mean it's worth $10,000 just because that yeah. one guy wants to pay it? And and I'm just telling you in my yeah, heart. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I, I know. Like, I've I heard that argument so many times. I agree so with that times. sentiment. Yeah. That's, this is the market value because this is what you're selling it for. A lot of these buyers, because I talk to my friends who bought houses and just random people who've, who've purchased homes, they're just, they're just uneducated on real estate they don't know what the value is they just say oh i can afford this monthly payment yeah and i want this house but they don't know what the actual value of the house is based on how the market should be so i've seen houses go a hundred thousand dollars above asking price even more than that yeah doesn't mean it's worth that much mm -hmm. that one buyer just really loved that house but it doesn't mean the market says our job is market value, not exactly not the buyer's value. Comparable. They have their neighbors so, though with the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with now, the comps. Now that will be a comparable market and like a, now a that comp. makes a new comp. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that can be added into future sales. But, yeah. Uh, and what I'm saying, and like in my heart, I agree I with that notion. Yeah. But I understand why it has to happen that way is because if you're going way over what is happening in the market, like you need to know that that's what you're doing. I agree to, I yeah. agree to a certain extent because which seller doesn't want to sell their house for highest and best? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When a house sells in our neighborhood, the first thing I do is I, um, how much did it sell yeah, for? Yeah, what did it sell for? Like, and you want to see, that's a comp. Yeah. Um, 
So that's important to know that you can make those adjustments. So not every appraiser is sharp and good at what they do. A lot of them are, but a lot of them are not. I've seen things over the years. <laughs> so and then somebody could be having an off day or miss something. You, there's a human element to it. So if uh, you're an agent or a loan officer and you get an appraisal back, it doesn't necessarily mean this is 100% what it is um, and accurate. You want to look at the report and see, okay, what comparables are being used? If you have access to the MLS, look at what sold recently and say, okay, why like why didn't why wasn't this used? Ask yourself that question and try to find the actual answer of why it wasn't used. Maybe it's the condition, maybe it's the size, maybe you know the square footage, maybe it's the area, the distance when it when it closed, whatever reason of why it wasn't used. If you can't find the answer, then you could submit for a rebuttal. Yeah. And, and sometimes those rebuttals include off market properties that an appraiser has no idea of. Yeah. So Sometimes the realtors know of houses that we don't know of because it's not in our records. Or a title agency has the records of a, of a sale that sold next door and we have no idea about it. Can you use that? We did, Yeah, I have yeah. before. So, so that's, that's great that's a for comparable. people to know. Yeah. Yeah. So. It doesn't have to be just what was on the market. You can yeah. use something that sold off market and appraiser won't have access to it. So if you're a listing agent or you're a buyer's agent and you have a contract together and you're sending it to a lender, and there was off-market transactions that would be good comps, send that to the lender. Because we can note that when we're putting in the appraisal order that you put yeah. the address. That's all you need, right? The no, we would need to see proof of title. The report. Yeah. You know, okay, so proof of title. let the lender know. We'll get it from the title company and send it yeah. uh, to the appraiser. So that that's great. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I do want to touch base on one more thing real fast, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, when public records, yeah. you get a purchase agreement, you have the seller's name on there, but it's in an LLC. It happens all the time and that's okay we you just have to get title documents get public records whatever it is upload it to them and they will um revise the report revise it yeah yeah that comes up a lot so if you're listing a house or buying a house uh i think in the mls you can see and remind you can see who the name of the owner is on title if it's an llc you want to be proactive with that rather than you know delaying the process and having to get a revision just send it we could send that right up front to the appraiser yeah and you could have it marked okay i want to leave off with one more thing we'll wrap up. yeah i'm a homeowner okay and i'm seeing uh you know values just there's a, a certain element of value that i can't control right there's the com the, the market that's happening around me uh, that i can't really control whether my value goes up or down but i'm a homeowner and i may be looking to sell uh once i find a house in the future and I have some extra money, there are some things I want to do to the home. What are some really good improvements or like you what you believe necessary improvements to a house that should be done before anybody sells or tries to refinance to get the most out of the value? To get the most out of the value, I would, if you have the money, um, update the lighting fixtures. Lighting? I would okay. do recessed lighting throughout the whole house. It really gives an illusion of even if it's an outdated house, it gives an illusion of an updated house. Okay, recessed lighting, can it be yellow, daylight, white? Like what do you, what do you uh, recommend? I don't recommend daylight only because it's bad for your eyes. I recommend um, like 3000K, that's the, that's the lumens. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, that, no, that's that has know. nothing that's to do with the appraisal. That's yeah. just my personal preference. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah. No, 3000K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the kitchen, update the kitchen. If you can't, if it's outdated. Is it updating the kitchen? Do you mean like ripping the entire thing out, putting a whole new? Probably like granite, right? I would do, are good. I would do uh, granite or quartz, yeah. Or if your cabinets are good, you can have them sanded and painted for a lot less than replacing them. Yeah. 
um, and it's the same thing. They're, it looks redone. Uh, your bathrooms, the fixtures in the bathrooms, um, the tile in the bathrooms, the flooring throughout the house. If your house has a funky smell, fix that. Yeah. Just just walking into Bake a house. Make some cookies. Yeah, walking into a house that smell uh, smells good and it's clean makes a big difference. Okay, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about this for a second because do you used to laugh at me when we were selling our last house? Well, our house is always clean. <laughs> it's always it's always clean, but I'd always tell her when there's like an open house or scheduled showings, let's bake some cookies and make it smell really nice. Does that actually work? I was it, just assuming. It just makes you feel better, and it's it's yeah. It's just, Oops, it's a psychological thing. It's comforting. It's comforting. comforting. It feels like home. And you're not you know? appraisals won't. I, appraisers will not rush out of your house. I feel. Yeah. Like yeah. they're more comfortable because if there's stuff everywhere and there's like it, it smells like there's oh, I've dog been, urine or whatever it is. I've been <laughs> in houses. <laughs> I've been in houses where I walk in and it smells like wet dog or oh disgusting like dog urine, like you said. And while I'm there, I'm like, this is a disgusting house, and this is probably gonna be the a low value then I go back to the office where I can't smell anything and I look back at the pictures I was like oh the kitchen's updated it's a nice house well, you're, you're, you're not that. thinking that yeah you're just oh. thinking thank God for smell. the pictures though yeah. thank God for the pictures so whether you're refinancing buying selling because, whatever yeah. when our appraiser is happening realize that a human is going into the house and make sure that it's you know a house that they're comfortable going through and you know seeing everything noticing all the little things like the 3000 K yeah. <laughs> it smells nice and it's warm and inviting so the uh, curb appeal outside the landscaping um i went into a house it was a pre-listing appraisal so we do private appraisals too so if a homeowner doesn't know how much to list it for and the realtor doesn't know how to list it for they'll hire us to to give them a guidance on that um and it was like a 1.5 million dollar mansion it was a very, very nice house yeah but um his his curb appeal, weeds everywhere. The the pavers were up and down mm. and just looked pretty. I'm like, so I I advised in the report that to get the maximum um, value. value, update the curb appeal so when people drive by or people pull up to the house, it looks nice and inviting and pleasant. So yeah, that that makes a big difference. Oh, we so, know. We just ripped out all the weeds in our house. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a guy come to do the weeds in my house and he, I ended up having him just got my entire landscaping yeah. and put a whole new landscaping because I agree. I think that curb yeah. appeal is, is, and we're not selling, but I think it's super The important. previous owner, he was like a gardener or whatever, and he kept up yeah. with it where we work all day uh, yeah. and we don't have time. At, at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not keeping up with flowers outside. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> uh, so curb appeal, kitchens, you don't have to gut the whole kitchen, but, uh, you know, if you put new countertops, which, um, will be a few thousand dollars to put new countertops but it may be worth it because now you have an updated kitchen bathrooms. lighting in the house bathrooms, bathrooms. make sure uh, the house smells good flooring make Wine sure it's war uh, nice and inviting the house when the appraiser appraisal is actually happening when the appraiser is in there the paint throughout the house um make sure it's it's like an updated look on pinterest there's there's a lot of ideas on pinterest that you can take off of if your walls are yellow or orange it's not appealing to the public. Maybe it's appealing to you, and that's your, like your favorite color. But when you're selling your house, you want to appeal to the average person. I have a uh, the the agent will know who he is if he's watching this. But he had to he had the the mission of selling. No offense to anybody that has a blue house, but he had, he had a mission of selling a blue house, and it took him like a year. 
and uh, the house was great, beautiful. Inside was gorgeous. But there was a buyer. <laughs> yeah, it took a year, but you found a buyer yeah, and then sold the, it. Yeah, the guy loved the blue house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you have to, you have to think when you're painting, uh, what's neutral, what's and a lot, instead of one buyer, five buyers maybe bid on my house and get me the most. That same agent had a pink house before, yeah. a pink <laughs> house, and he actually had to paint the house. He yeah, did it. He yeah. hired someone to paint yeah. it, and believe it or not, after he painted it, it sold. It sold. Yeah, it wouldn't sell before, but yeah. So the color. Yeah. So I would put things in your house if you're looking to sell and not stay there forever. Put things in your house that appeal to many people, not just you, because you're selling it to many people, not just yeah. one person. It's easier to sell. You don't have to do that, but it's just it'll make your job a lot easier. Don't get too crazy with custom stuff. Yeah, yeah, and just like in in higher end um, houses, million dollar houses, those people customize their house a lot and do things that they want in their house because they plan on staying there forever. But once they go to sell, they'll keep the house if they don't get the price they want for the custom things that they put in because they think those custom things are so important to everybody when they're not that important to everybody. They're important to you. It's an emotional yeah. attachment to your house. And you have we just have to kind of understand, sit back and understand that not everybody wants I think a good example would be uh, uh, a sound studio or a studio in the house. Yeah. They had yeah. somebody have a studio in their basement before that they spent so much money yeah, yeah, yeah. making sure the noise is dead and doesn't echo and all this stuff for their little studio in the house. And they wanted to get that money back, but... You, you need a buyer who's into music. Exactly. Into music. Yeah. It limits you. That's good. So landscaping, kitchen, bathrooms, all the the main stuff when you're going through a house that you want to look at, you want to make sure they're neutral and look updated. They're they're up to the times. And it's not yeah. uh, really old like yellow, like you were saying, yellow walls or old paint or you know, first take care of anything that's falling apart in the house, make sure it looks all good and clean. Yeah. And second, make sure um, that it's modern, updated, and neutral, and that's how you would get the most for your home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other things that you notice with houses that either people should do or shouldn't do that you think is pretty common? Can't think of anything else other than what we talked about. No. That's great. Um, we appreciate you yeah. so much for Thank you coming. guys for having me. I love Thank it. you so much for coming. If somebody is I even a, got educated. You, you mentioned pre-listing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, you mentioned pre-listing. If somebody's thinking of selling their home, a lot of times what they would do is reach out to a real estate agent and uh, ask them, you know, what do you think my home is worth? Uh, to have an appraiser come in and see the value of your home based on what's happening in the market and make all of these adjustments and give you a, an exact number of what your home is worth so you know what to list it for and what you should accept versus not accept. You can get what you were just saying is a pre-listing appraisal. Um, with FHA, you know how the appraisal um, sticks to the house for six months with private? Is it the same thing? No, no? I'll, I'll jump in there. So a private appraisal you're not going to be able to use with the lender. This is for you to know what the value is. Uh, appraisal that you can, you can transfer appraisals from lender to lender, but the appraisal has to be uh, uh, completed in compliance with something called heirs it has to be ordered the correct way through a management company uh, or you can do it direct some lenders can do it directly but it has to be ordered through a lender ordered the correct way and then when you have that it could be transferred if it's fha it sticks with the home va sticks with the home uh, uh, conventional it's up to the new lender if they're going to accept the transfer or not but it always has to be done within compliance uh, but to do a pre-listing appraisal which i think some people would want to do yeah. uh, how do they get a hold of you in the local metro detroit area 
Uh, you can either go on my website at www.theappraisalhouse.com or you can give me a call at 313-744-1100. We also do uh, divorce appraisals with lawyers, oh, yeah. um, tax appeal, if, or second review. That's a good one yeah. because a lot of people are, are seeing when you buy a house, and I don't want to keep you too long. I know you have an appointment. But when you're buying a house, uh, there's something called a, a cap on your taxes. So it, your taxes can increase up to 5% each year. They're capped there for the owner. But once uh, a new owner comes in, now you have a new assessed value, a new taxable value that the city and county are saying, this is what the, the taxable value is. That cap is lifted on the previous owner. It's now on you. And then from there, they can only increase it by 5% per year. So if you see a new uh, tax value from your city or county, and you want to say, no, 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 that's not the value of the home, you can order uh, an appraisal, right? Of course. And that's good. That's good. I don't I don't know. I didn't even think of that as an option to reach out to an appraiser, get that, submit it to the city or county or whoever your uh, little beef is with and have them uh, change that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I covered it with uh, divorce, tax appeal, pre-listing. Um, those are the three main ones, but some people just want to know how much their house is worth. Just yeah. a, Just a... A market value appraisal. Me every day. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to know. We also offer services like uh, second opinion appraisals where if you have an appraisal that you don't agree with, we could take a look at it and see if it's correct or if it's wrong. Yeah. I believe you have to be, for an appraiser, uh, you have to be sharp. There's a lot of uh, uh, different things that you have to look at, and the appraiser has to be sharp. So it's not something where every appraiser is going to do it perfectly. It's not even, I can order an appraisal with two different appraisers and get two different values uh, because it's what that appraiser, right, is yeah. assessing it at. It's their opinion of value. So yeah. we, we take a look at all the facts and we come up with, a, with our opinion of value. So, so you want somebody sharp to do the appraisal that can back up why they're giving you that value. They're not just guessing or throwing numbers in there. Uh, it's great. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, I found a lot of value. I hope if you're watching this that you found a lot of value in it. Uh, we appreciate having you. If you need thank anything you from him, reach out. If you need anything from us, sonicloans.com or 313-488-4888. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.